0: The Daily 202's big idea is sponsored by the American Beverage Association. Coke, Dr. Pepper, and Pepsi are offering more choices, smaller portions, less sugar. Learn more at balanceus.org. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Friday, June 14. In today's news, Mike Pompeo blames Iran for two tanker explosions. Mitch McConnell blocks bipartisan bills that would limit foreign meddling in the 2020 election. And Sarah Sanders is heading home for Arkansas. But first, the big idea. The head of the Office of Special Counsel, which enforces civil service laws and isn't related to Bob Mueller, recommended yesterday that White House Counselor Kellyanne Conway be fired for repeatedly and willfully violating the Hatch Act. The report submitted to President Trump found that Conway violated the law on numerous occasions by, while on the taxpayer dime, disparaging Democratic presidential candidates while speaking during television interviews and on social media. The agency described her as a repeat offender. But the decision about whether to remove Conway is up to Trump, and a senior White House official says the president won't punish Conway and instead plans to defend her, Current and former White House officials say Trump jokes about the Hatch Act and that he's privately dismissed concerns, sympathizing with aides who have violated it in order to defend him. Legal experts say that if the president refuses to enforce Hatch Act violations, it will reduce the force of the law. Moreover, he swore an oath to uphold the laws, whether he agrees with them or not. In an interview, Special Counsel Henry Kerner, a career Republican Hill staffer who was appointed by Trump to this job last year, called his recommendation that a political appointee of Conway's stature be fired unprecedented. But he added that, quote, Kellyanne's behavior is unprecedented. He asked what kind of example it would set to the federal workforce if the rule seems like it doesn't apply to people who are important. He said there's no doubt that a postal carrier or any regular federal worker would get fired for doing what she did. Despite a pattern of violations, including using her White House job to promote the private clothing line sold by Ivanka Trump. Conway has brushed off the findings. When a reporter asked her last month about violating the law, she replied, quote, blah, 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 adding, let me know when the jail sentence starts. Laws exist for a reason, and people aren't supposed to get to pick and choose which ones they want to follow. The Hatch Act, which is formerly known as the Act to Prevent Pernicious Political Activities, was signed into law in 1939 by Franklin Roosevelt. Then-Senator Carl Hatch, a Democrat from New Mexico, introduced the bill in the wake of allegations that Democratic machine politicians had gained an unfair advantage in the 1938 midterms by using employees at the Works Progress Administration, a New Deal employment agency, to essentially do political canvassing. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, The perilous contest between the United States and Iran for influence in the Middle East escalated dramatically yesterday as two tankers were targeted in suspected attacks near the strategic strait of Hormuz, a vital waterway for global oil shipments. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo blamed Iran for what he called a blatant assault on the vessels and said the United States will defend itself and its allies against Iranian aggression in the region. Pompeo said that the U.S. assessment of Iranian involvement is based on intelligence, the type of weapons used, and the level of expertise needed, and that no Iranian-backed militia in the region has the resources or proficiency to pull off such a sophisticated operation. At the United Nations, the Iranian mission denied any involvement and called the U.S. claims inflammatory and Iranophobic. The blasts appeared to be a coordinated attack, damaging the hull of a Japanese-owned tanker and striking a Norwegian-owned vessel which caught fire and was left adrift in the Gulf of Oman. The incidents were quite similar to suspected acts of sabotage carried out last month against tankers near the United Arab Emirates. The crews of both vessels hit yesterday were forced to abandon ship. The USS Bainbridge, a guided missile destroyer already in the area, took on board 21 crew members from the Japanese vessel, whose name translates to courageous. Overnight, the U.S. Central Command released a video and a timeline that suggests U.S. military assets observed Iranian vessels returning to the courageous to retrieve an unexploded mine. The blast on the Japanese ship appeared timed to undermine diplomatic efforts by Japan's Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, who was wrapping up a high stakes visit to Tehran. He met there with Iran's supreme leader, the Ayatollah Khomeini, and was seeking to help mediate potential talks between the United States and Iranian officials. Number two, Trump stood by his comments yesterday that he would accept foreign assistance to help him win re-election in 2020, saying he communicates with other governments every day and that it would be, quote, ridiculous to contact the FBI every time he holds a call or a meeting with a foreign leader. One close advisor to the White House tells us that there were two key reasons for Trump's comments on ABC the day before. One, he would never concede that his campaign did anything wrong because it could undermine the perceived legitimacy of his 2016 victory. And two, he didn't want to be seen as implicitly criticizing his son, Don Jr., who had testified earlier that day on Capitol Hill. Yesterday afternoon, Senator Mark Warner of Virginia, the top Democrat on the Senate Intelligence Committee, tried to get consent to pass a bill requiring candidates to report attempts of foreign interference in elections but it was promptly blocked by Republicans led by Marsha Blackburn, a freshman from Tennessee. Other Republican lawmakers on Thursday dismissed the Fuhrer over Trump's remarks as overblown. David Perdue from Georgia said Trump was responding to a hypothetical and there was a overreaction. But it's not just Warner's bill that's being blocked. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is stopping an up-or-down vote on a host of bipartisan measures that could help strengthen election systems for 2020. Several GOP senators have crossed the aisle to join with Democrats to co-sponsor legislation designed to shore up voting machines and make it harder for foreign intelligence operatives to hack, leak, and manipulate social media the way that the Russians did in 2016. But McConnell has made clear those bills are going nowhere, and he declined to respond to questions about them at his news conference this week. Over on the House side, even if McConnell's pigeonholing whatever they do, Democrats are preparing a major legislative push to counter foreign interference in elections— The new campaign is being discussed internally as an effort to, quote, end crime, corruption, and cover-ups. Meanwhile, last night, Federal Election Commission Chairwoman Ellen Weintraub released a statement making clear that candidates for public office are not legally permitted to receive help from foreign governments. Tweeting out her statement, she wrote, quote, I would not have thought that I needed to say this. Number three, White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders will leave her role at the end of the month. Sanders, in recent private conversations, has been floating the possibility of running for governor of Arkansas. The current Republican incumbent, Asa Hutchinson, was re-elected just last November, so unless he steps down earlier or is appointed to something by Trump, the governor's office in Little Rock won't be open until January 2023. Trump, announcing Sarah's departure, tweeted that he hopes that she runs for the job. The 36-year-old Sanders, whose dad Mike Huckabee was governor, has been among the longest-serving senior officials in Trump's administration. The terms of her departure are still a little unclear, but Sanders told her staff that it was her choice. On her watch, the principal function of a press secretary, representing the White House in media briefings, all but ceased to exist. The White House set a record back in January for the longest stretch in modern history without a news briefing, 41 days. It then broke that record, 42 days, in March, followed by a third streak, which has reached 94 days as of yesterday. While Sanders scaled back her public role, she became more influential behind the scenes as a trusted advisor to the president. She's been one of the few aides who could dissuade Trump from making a questionable decision, and occasionally she helps him edit his tweets. She also regularly attends meetings on foreign policy, trade, and healthcare in the Situation Room or the Oval Office, though she's not particularly well versed in the details of those issues. But what she is is loyal Sanders made her devotion to the president plain in January when she told an interviewer for the Christian TV network CBN that, quote, God wanted Donald Trump to become president. But while her loyalty's never been in doubt, her truthfulness often was. Bob Mueller's report cites multiple occasions when Sanders told reporters that countless rank-and-file members of the FBI had reached out to her to say that they supported Trump firing then-FBI Director Jim Comey in May 2017. She said they had lost confidence in him. Pressed on this, she doubled down and repeated that she had indeed talked with countless people at the FBI. But when she was under oath and could have gone to prison if she lied, Sanders admitted to Mueller's team that she made it up. She hadn't talked with anyone, and her claim from the White House podium was not founded on anything. And that's The Daily 202 for Friday, June 14th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you on Monday. Hi, I'm Hannah Sampson, a reporter for The Washington Post, By the Way. By the Way is your new digital home for travel. Find guides to the world's best cities, written by local experts, and discover news you didn't know you needed visit us at washingtonpost.com/travel